Good evening, folks. The Lord bless you. Welcome to another evening of the study of the Word. Thank God for the the joy in our hearts and the excitement in our hearts for this evening's meeting. I want to welcome everybody on Mixler and on Zoom um, as we prepare our hearts for another time of Bible study. I hope you had a great day today and um, your day um, went well. Uh, the Lord will continually shine His light on us and give us His joy. In Jesus' name, Amen. Um, I believe you are learning and we, are, we have an opportunity this evening to to go a little deeper in our study of the Word and in particular uh, the book of Romans. Um, tonight we're going to just go into the Word of God quickly and um, build up from where we stopped. Uh, before we go tonight, let us pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We come to the Word with joy. We sit around your table to feast and eat and drink of your spirit and eat of your word. Lord, I pray tonight that with joy we will receive this word with meekness and it will be engrafted in our hearts in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, O God, because the word comes with understanding and clarity and we'll all learn and grow in grace and grow in faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Um, we've been looking at the book of Romans, and um, very important. Um, uh, the reason this is quite important is because we, um, of the teachings we've been learning um, from the book of Romans, um, in particularly as it regards to salvation and redemption. Jesus was, you know, speaking in Mark's Gospel, the first chapter, the 15th verse. If we start from there tonight, Mark chapter 1, verse 15. And Jesus, uh, in fact, 14 and 15, he said, And now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. We see Jesus preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And um, verse 15 says, and, and what was he preaching? The Bible says he was saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. So, so we see Jesus preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And, um, and that was the priority of the Lord Jesus. He wants the gospel to be clear. He wants the gospel to be to be clearly understood by all. And he preached in Galilee and every other place he went to. And so we see that the the preaching of the gospel was cardinal and important to our Lord. To our Lord. And 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 so we're seeing the application or the further clarification that Paul was writing to the Gentile church about this gospel of the kingdom. Remember Paul also said in First Corinthians 2, from verse 1, he said, he said, he said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, 
I came not with the excellency of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. So the testimony of God is the gospel of the, of the Lord. The testimony of Jesus is in the gospel of the kingdom. They're all the same, but this is the essence of the Christian church that we may all understand and, 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 and gain the knowledge of God. So we know that fundamentally, the fundamental foundation um, of the Christian church is the gospel, for it's by it that we are saved. If you get the gospel right, you get every other thing right. Paul said, Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. So there must be an understanding of the gospel. For it has pleased the Father through the foolishness of preaching. For everyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 1.13 so we see that there's something about the gospel that is important, that is central to every teaching in the Bible. First Corinthians 15, 19, 19, 20. He says, if in this world alone we have hope, we have all men most miserable. And how do we have hope? We have hope in Jesus. So there must be a fundamental understanding of salvation. And that's what Apostle Paul was, was, was writing to the, to the church in Rome for clarity and, and, and understanding. And that's what we're trying to, to study in, 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 in the last few months that we began this teaching. Now today, I want us to continue from where we stopped um, um, and read through verses 5 to 16. I intend to finish 5 to 29 today, but let's see how the Lord helps us. We've, we've looked at um, Romans 2, 1 to 4, and we see the place of repentance. That means for everyone who is born again, there are things that you have repented from definitely. You can't say you are born again without 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 repenting from 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 sin, from things you used to do. You see that for no one can claim he's righteous or is holy. In fact, the psalmist says, "For in sin was I conceived." That means from, from his mother's womb, he has been a sinner. So nobody is born a saint. We are all born into sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 So everyone is destined for destruction. It's only the acknowledging and the believing of the gospel that brings us to salvation. So we must believe the gospel. Mark 1.14 that we read. He preached believe that the kingdom of God is at hand, believe the gospel and repent. Repent, therefore, and believe the gospel. So there must be a place for repentance and a place of faith in the gospel of Christ. Now, remember we said that Paul was writing primarily in the context of um, writing to a church that has Jewish congregants and Gentile congregants. And, and, and I let us, we, we saw the dichotomy um, 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 in the belief of the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians, the Jews believe that no one can be saved until he does the, 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 or follows the Jewish tradition. In fact, tonight, maybe I just, just, just chipping this to, to buttress a few things I said 
in, in, in the last class. Turn with me to your Bibles to Acts 10. Acts 10. Though we read this, but we didn't read this part um, in Acts 10. It will make this point clearer. Now, this, this is Peter speaking at the house of Colonius. Um, let me read from verse, um, from verse 25. I'll just read a few, maybe 25 to 28. It will, it will further clarify this thought. Peter speaking in verse 25, he said, and, Peter was, and, and as Peter was come in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up saying, stand up, I myself also am a man. That means men are not meant to be worshipped. Only God is to be worshipped. Angels are not meant to be worshipped. Only God is to be worshipped. You know, when Satan told Jesus in, in Matthew 4 that I will give you all the kingdoms of this world if only you bow down what? and worship me. He says, thou shalt worship none other except the Lord. It's only the Father, it's only God that's meant to be worshipped. So, every man of God that seeks to be worshipped, every man of God that seeks people to bow down before him in obeisance, is not of God. No man is worshipped. Any angel that appears to you and says, Worship me, is not of God. But let's go on tonight. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said to them, Who said to them here? Peter, ye know how that it is unlawful thing for a man that is a what? a Jew to keep company or come into one of another nation. So you see that? So it's something, so it's, it's, it's unlawful for the Jew. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So you see that God was working in the heart. And, and it's this kind of situation that Paul was writing to address. Because there were many Jews who still hold this belief even up till today, up till this very moment, that there's a dichotomy between the Jews and the Gentiles, and if anyone wants to come to, to the God of the Jews, he must observe the laws of Moses. And you know what the Apostle Paul was trying to say, and in clarifying that, emphasizing the, the path of redemption apart from the works of the law. So it's not the good deeds that we do that saves. It is the, it's the sacrifice of Christ on the cross that saves. So this evening, I want us to, to, to take verses 5 through, through 16 and see how the Lord helps us. Now, um, let's read through those verses. But the summary of verses 5 to 16 is that there is peace for those who follow Christ and there's damnation for those who reject him. Praise God. Paul is saying there's peace for those who follow Christ not after the law but after faith. And there's damnation for those who reject Christ. That's the summary of verse 15 to 16. And um, I, I want to build on this now. If you look at this, that means there is Paul is saying there's eternal judgment. 
There's judgment at the end of time. That's what he's saying. For those who believe there's peace, Romans 5 verse 1 says this, it says, it says, it says, it says, it says, I'm therefore now being what? Justified by what? By faith we have peace with God. So it means anyone who is not justified by what? By faith does not have peace with God. And he wants us to know, now I want you to know this, that having therefore now been justified by faith, we now have, you now have what? Peace with God. But our peace is based on what? Our justification by faith, not by works. And so Paul says, for those who, who have not been so justified, they are what? They are facing imminent damnation. So it's, 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 it's by essence introducing the, 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 the doctrine of, of eternal judgment. Praise God. But I'll build on here this tonight so we know. But for, for, and this will happen to all. For anyone who is not born again, there is judgment. Hebrews 9.27 says, For it is appointed unto men once to die, and after that word, judgment. So there is judgment coming. Now, I'll build on this, but, but this, let it be clear in our hearts. The two cardinal points between verses 5 and 16 is the, the blessedness and the peacefulness we enjoy as a result of being justified by faith and the condemnation on, on, on everyone who rejects the salvation offered by Christ Jesus alone through faith. But let's read through um, verses 5 to 16 so that we can do justice to the scriptures and, and, and see through for ourselves a few things that the Lord will have us look at. Let's read that this evening. <coughs> From verse 5, it says, But after thine hardness and impenitent heart, means unrepentant heart, treasure it up unto thyself, what? Wrath. Against the day of what? Of wrath. And revelation of righteous of, of the righteous judgment of God. So this judgment, even though it's wrathful, is what? It's righteous. Because men have chosen darkness. And because of God's holiness, he will have to punish unrighteousness. And that's why everyone who is who today is not born again should, should take advantage, or rather, should come into the grace of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, verse 6. Who will render to every man according to his word, his deeds, no matter what his deeds. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing Seek for the glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul. You see that upon every soul that doeth evil of the Jew and of the Gentile also. But glory, honor, and peace, you see that, to every man that worketh good, that worketh good, to the Jew first, and also the Gentile. For there is no respect or presence with God. For as many as have sinned without the law, shall perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law, shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are justified before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. 
For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which should the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing them witness, and their thoughts, they meanwhile excusing or else, uh, or accusing or else excusing one another. In that day when God shall judge the cities of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel, according to the gospel. So we see Paul here laying some, some fundamentals um, for us here to consider. And, and he's saying to us and to everyone that there's coming a day of judgment. And everyone will, will face God's judgment. But for those who have been saved, there's peace. But those who are not saved, there's word. There will be there will be anguish, tribulation. Wow. There will be damnation. And so Paul is 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 here introducing the 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 doctrine of eternal judgment. Amen. Amen. Praise God. But but to me, I'm not so afraid of the judgment eternally, but I rejoice in that I have what? Peace. You have what? Peace with God now because we have put faith in Christ Jesus. Now, but if you look at this scripture, you find Paul using the word deeds as though, you know, talk me to verse um, verse 6. Um, it says, who will render to every man according to his deeds? So does this mean that we are saved by our deeds? Praise God. Turn to verse um, uh, Let's see. All right. Now, if you read from verse six downwards, you, 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 you okay. Verse ten. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that walketh good. You see that. So does it mean that the glory and honor and peace comes to, to everyone that does what that walks good? Is that what he's saying? Does he, is he saying that, that, that we are saved by doing good works? We are, we are saved by, or we are damned by not doing good works? Is that what he's saying? Now, by now you know that. But let's establish that from scriptures. Because some can take this and say, oh, this is what Paul is saying. No. So we, we use scripture to interpret scripture. And this is evident. Now, in the church of God, we know now that no one is saved by any work that he does. But haven't been saved, we are meant to do righteous works. Now, let me read for you tonight, Acts chapter 24, verse 25. Remember I said, in Hebrews 9, the Bible says, For it is appointed unto men once to die. So the, the, the Christian must know that there is a day appointed for judgment. And that judgment kicks off the day we die is appointed to man wants to die and after death is what judgment is not so sleep it's not death it's not it's not getting into um, going into oblivion you know you know it just things just dissolve no things don't dissolve why do we know that? Because Jesus has laid the foundation he rose up and says we also rise again hallelujah so death is not the end of humankind. It's just the beginning. And, and, and what brings peace to anyone upon the earth is, is knowledge of Jesus after Christ has been revealed. In the days of 
Ignorance. God has what? Has overlooked. But today, He commands all men to be what? So to repent, praise God. He commands men everywhere to repent. No one can escape God's judgment and God's word if they refuse to repent. Acts 24:25. Let me read here. Paul addressing Felix, having spoken to Agrippa and 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 Bernice and and all all the authority. He was speaking here to Felix the king, and as he reasoned and spoke about righteousness, self-control, and judgment. He was talking about Christ's righteousness, how we must restrain ourselves in doing good things and, and the consequence of judgment after life to Felix. Felix became frightened. Fear gripped him. And he said to Paul, Go away for now. When I have opportunity, I will summon you. What made him afraid? Paul was telling him the consequence of rejecting the truth in Christ Jesus. He was telling him the consequence of God's eternal wrath. He was telling him of the consequence of disobeying the grace of God. And when Paul told him this by scripture, the Bible says, Felix became afraid. He became frightened. And, and, and rather than repenting, he did what? He pushed Paul away. Don't tell me this judgment. I don't want to hear it because he's fearful. Folks, there's judgment. And this is why we want men. Paul says, knowing the severity of God's judgment, 2 Corinthians 5 from verse 11, we persuade men, we beg men to run away, to run from their lives, to escape from the wrath of God. 2 Timothy 4 verse 1, Paul writing to Timothy, I charge you therefore be, um, um, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the living and the dead at one, his appearing too in his kingdom. So there's judgment when Christ comes. And there's judgment in the kingdom. That's the final judgment. Paul told Timothy, he says, he says, charge men this way. Tell them, but first I'm charging you to do the right thing. I tell before the Lord that will judge both the living and the dead at his appearing and in the kingdom. So the church of God must know that there is eternal judgment. Praise God. But now when Paul says, those that do good works, is he saying that we, we were saved by good works? No. For if good works will save us, if good will save us, then that means no one can actually do anything good. For all our righteousness, they are the work that like fill the rats. So no believer is saved. No one on earth is saved. Is saved by, by doing good. So what meaneth he? And what is he saying there? Remember Jesus Christ said in Matthew 5 verse 16, Say, let your light so shine before men that they may see your what? Your good works. So it is not the good works that saves you. It is Christ's word that saves you. But after his word has saved you, then we are meant to do what? Good works. We don't do good works prior to salvation. We do good works post-salvation. Because if that's why we are saved, many people in the world today that are philanthropists are actually doing good works. They are heaven bound. No, they are not. So Jesus encouraged us to do what? Good works. Let that light shine. Let men see your good works, your good deeds. 
In fact, in Galatians 6 verse 9, Paul writing, he says, Do not be weary in what? In well-doing. We must not be weary in well-doing. So, 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 we encourage, haven't been saved, to continue in what? In well-doing. So it's not well-doing that saves us. But we encourage, haven't been saved, to continue in well-doing. Now, remember the accounts of Peter and Cornelius in Acts 10. Because I want this to be clear in our heart as we go on, so that we can, we can, any of you see these kind of things, you will be able to interpret it properly. You know, the Bible says that Colonel was a good man. And he was a very benevolent man. In our own modern world, we will say he's a, he's a philanthropist, he's a kind person, he's a good person, he loves God. In fact, he actually loves the people of God. He gives, he, uh, he, 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 he did good deeds to the synagogue, to, to the Jews, even though he was an Italian, he was, he was a Gentile, yet he, he, he loved the people of God. He was kindly um, 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 affectionate towards them. You know, I heard of a of a testimony of, of an allergy that gave money for church building. Well, the money he gave for church building will not save him. There are people who are world philanthropists. They do they they they, they use their money for good causes in that sense. Bill Gates of the world, um, um Harry Ford. Um, Rockefeller, MacArthur in Nigeria. I don't know. I don't know. But but you know, there are there there are many you know philanthropic groups in Nigeria. M Q Abiola in his days. Um, 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 I don't know. You know the names, all right? They do good things, just like Cornelius was doing. But God made it clear expressly that Cornelius. Your goodness have come. I've seen it is good. But your goodness in itself cannot secure eternal redemption for you. But it has come up to me as a word, as a memorial. I, it's, it, it's a good act. But I want you to send to Joppa. There's a man called Simon is a tanner. He lives by the seaside. There's someone in his house called Peter. Send to him and he will show you or he will tell you what to do. That means just like Jesus began to preach saying, that means the gospel is the power of God unto what? Unto redemption. Romans 1.16 I'm not ashamed of declaring. That means there must be a declaring of the gospel. There must be a hearing, a preaching of the gospel. Matthew 5 Proverbs 5. And Jesus Christ went through all their towns and villages and cities preaching and teaching. For it pleased the Lord through the foolishness of preaching. 1 Corinthians 1. So God told Cornelius, you cannot bank on your good works. It won't, it won't get you to my presence. And therefore, by principle also, no one on earth can get to his presence by doing good alone. 
And when, and when, when, uh, when Peter came, Peter began to say some things. But tonight, because we're in Bible study, let's turn our Bibles to Acts 10. Acts 10, everybody. Let's read what Peter said when Peter came. Let's read through what Peter said when he came. Acts 10. We'll read from verse 34. Let's hear what Peter said. Maybe when Peter came there home, maybe he said, Ah, good man, good man. Uh, your, 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 your works are okay. Um, um, you're a rich man. We love your money. Your, your, let your money work for you. Uh, because money is a, is a bicycle of, of, uh, of, of redemption. Money answers all things. You can, you can buy your way through to the kingdom. God needs your wealth to, to, to reach the world, to find the kingdom. We need, we need your, your, in fact, God has called you. In fact, he has, he has saved you because you, are, you love the world. In fact, the more you build for God, the more your reward is in heaven. Let's see if that was what Peter told him. Acts 10 from verse 34. We'll read through verse 48. Then, verse 34. Let's hear what Peter said. So the rich Cornelius, who was a good man doing good deeds. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Now that means God doesn't respect either you are rich or you are poor. Or you are male, or you are female, or you are Jew, or you are gentle, or you are educated, or you are not educated. There's no respect of person with God when it comes to redemption. Praise God. We come to Him only on the basis of what? Of the finished work of Christ on the cross. No one comes by privilege. No one comes by other privilege. We all come on one and one basis alone. The cross. The cross. The cross is that, that point to which God met man and is the central point of what? Of unification. And there's one blood that cuts across all human race and that blood is the blood of Jesus. Hi, man, tonight. So no rich man is saved by special principle. No. And no poor man is saved by any special principle. We are all saved by one only principle. We are all saved by only one way. So the gospel we preach to the poor must not be different from that we preach to the rich. Same gospel. Paul said, the gospel will preach to you. I repeat again the gospel. So the gospel was clear. And, 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 and if Jesus is so passionate about the gospel, we also must to fulfill his will on earth. I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that feared him and walketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by who? By Jesus. By Jesus Christ, that he is Lord of all. That word I say you know, which was published throughout all Judea, and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good 
and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he, it is he, it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, through his name, whosoever believeth, you see now, believeth in him, shall receive what? Remission of sins. It means that his arms giving is not strong enough to cause his sins to be what? To be remitted, praise God, to be forgiven. Ephesians 1, 7. He said, for in him we have what? Redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. A man can be so good, but if his sins are retained, there's no goodness in all his deeds. Peter was preaching. In fact, Peter did not even mention the good he's done. Because all those good things are actually not enough. We must, we must, we must persuade the rich men. God is not against the rich. But no man must have a grounds to boast. Because there's no boasting in redemption. It is the grace of God that brings redemption to all. We mustn't admit men because of their stature and assume they are born again. No, we must interrogate because on the day of judgment, no man's good deeds will be strong enough to admit him before God's throne. So Paul was preaching, sorry, brother, Peter was preaching to Colonius. And having said that in verse 43, Bible says in verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. Wow. Why did this happen? Now this was a template. Uh, you know, this is not the usual order. But because God was setting a template for Peter and those that went with him, if you read verse 11, you saw that defense. In fact, the reason they, were, they all got convinced and convicted was because the Holy Ghost came. That was what made Peter believe that actually was God sent him. He said, what I was saying, the Holy Ghost that came on us also came on them. By this we knew that it was time for the Gentiles also to be saved. But he preached to him the gospel. The gospel. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter. Because that on the Gentiles also the spirit was poured out of the Lord. For they had them speak with tongues. They had them speak with tongues. And magnified God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water? So what does this mean? That means after a man is born again, you must, in obedience to the word, be baptized in water by immersion. 
where water is available. After being born again, you see that it's a command of God. It's a practice that Jesus established. In fact, Christ baptized through his disciples. John said that in John 3. Paul baptized Stephanus and a few folks. So Peter said, haven't, haven't they believed now? It means the next thing is what? Baptism. So the next doctrine that we're going to be looking at most likely is a doctrine word of baptism. Now we see here, baptism as a doctrine, we see also eternal judgment as also a doctrine. So having received the gift of the Holy Ghost, they were baptized. Now for some, they were baptized first before the Holy Ghost comes on them. Can any man forbid water that these should not baptize which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed them he to tarry certain days. Praise God tonight. So we see here that Peter preached the gospel. And the gospel is central to redemption, not works. So what is the place of good works? It has place in eternal life. God rewards good works. He says, It's not unmindful and forgive a word of our love and labors of word of love. He will remember it. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on the earth. Only where thieves and moth will corrupt. But what? Lay for yourselves treasures we are in heaven. So we can lay treasure. We can do good works. We can bless the brethren. We can bless the church. We can, we can, we can, we can, we can share our 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 worldly goods with one another. There's a place for that in heaven, but it's not the means of what of redemption. Amen tonight. First, Timothy six. Let's see verse seventeen to nineteen. So that as you read Romans and you see um, in verse 6 and verse 10 um, that by good works you are saved, that no, no. So you can rightly interpret that. Paul is not, um, um, Romans 2, 6 and 10. So you, so you know the context and, and, and use scriptures to interpret scriptures. First Timothy chapter number 6, verses 17 to 19. I read from here. 26, 17 through 19. Charge them that are rich in this world. Now, these rich ones are rich in this world and they are Christians. They are Christians that are rich. Christians can be rich if they work hard and improve on themselves. And and, 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 and and follow principles of increase. God causes the rain to rain on both the evil and the good. For everyone that puts his hand in his work, he will do well. Seest thou a man diligent, diligent, diligent in his task, in his work, in his field. 
The principle for wealth is what? Is diligence. Hard work. Hard work. Hard work. Hard reading. So there are people who are rich in a godly way haven't worked hard. So charge the Christians that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Verse 18 That they do good that they be rich in good works ready to distribute willing to communicate laying up in store for themselves what? A good foundation against when the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now what I mean, you see, laying, laying the foundation of the things to come, they lay hold on life. After that, now this good work is not the prerequisite for redemption. But they are saved already. That's why they are in the church. So we must not go with the idea that, 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 that doing good alone and of itself brings men to life. That's what the apostle is saying here. And I want us to get that clear in our hearts. For those who are saved, there's peace. Hallelujah. For those who are not saved, there's damnation. That's the, that's the summary of verses 5 through 16 of Romans chapter 2. So Paul wrote to the church and, 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 and he, he enlightened them on this, on this, on this, on this, on this thought. So they are clear in their thinking. Both the Jews and the Gentiles. So in the church, there are some who are rich. There are some who are not too rich. There are some who are poor. You find all of that in the church. What makes the rich rich when they have opportunity to, 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 to do well. And so wherever you are in life, aspire to progressively improve yourself and be diligent in that which God has called you to do. Now when you look at verse um, 17 to 29, Paul was saying to them here that the Jews should not boast because the Jews up to today there are some of them that are still boastful why is this important because there is a relationship between the church and the Jews the true Jews of God let me say it again there is a relationship between the Jews and the church. There's this teaching that the Jews have replaced the church. No, it's not true. It's not true. The Bible is so clear that God is coming back again for the Jews until the time of the Gentiles be complete that the focus of God will not be on the Jews for now. So every believer must know that there's a, there's, a, there's a time that God will, will, will turn for the Jews. And right now is a time for the Gentiles. 
And the reason the Jews hold the place in the plan of God is because of a few things. God chose them. God gave them the law. God gave them the oracles. God gave them the precepts. God gave them the shadow. God came in the world through them. He chose Abraham. He says, he says I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. And, and through you all, all, all the, the, the countries of the world shall the world be blessed. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, he says, For the husbandman shall be what? The first partaker of the harvest. The Jews are as well the firstborn of God. They are, they, are, they are the husbandman. They will partake. So God has a plan for the Jews. So, so we must not look down on the Jews or write the Jews off. There's a plan of God for the Jews. I will build more on this as we go on. Because in the church in Rome, there's this argument, you know, no, leave them out, no, no, we can't. So the, the Gentiles were against the Jews, the Jews were against the Gentiles. And Paul was writing, he said, no, don't, don't fight yourselves. This is the understanding of God. This is the mind of God. A time is coming when there will be, there will be, there will be, there will be a bringing back together again. But before we close tonight, let's read. Romans 2, 17 through 29. Paul, I don't know, Jews here, you know, you know, you know, telling them, and, 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 and when, when we know this, what does it do to our hearts? We, we pray for the Jews, and we pray for even the unsaved Gentiles. If God will come back again to the Jews, then there is, there is no one that, is, that, that God cannot save. There is no one beyond redemption. Amen. There is no one beyond, 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 beyond the mercy of God. No one beyond the grace of God. No, no, there is no man that can sin beyond the kindness of God. But the Jews held to this fact that no, they had an advantage. The church must, 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 must give them a first place. Paul said no. Verse 17, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and rested in the law, and maketh thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law. And art thou confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of the babes. For this is how the Jews see themselves. They saw themselves as teachers. They saw themselves as, as, as life. They saw themselves as, as those who own the law. Therefore, no one can. They, they, they personalize Christ. They said Christ is from, from, our, from, from our district, is, is from our tribe. You know, as a reason, sometimes it's, 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 it's not too good when when a particular church attracts a particular tribe. No, Christ Christ Church is is universal. 
which have a form of knowledge. Verse 20. And of the truth in the law. Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonoreth thy God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as is written. For circumcision verily profited, if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made on it means it means it means no matter how Jewish you are, you can't keep the law. The only grounds for redemption is what? Grace through faith in Christ. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For no man is justified by the works of the law, but only by the hearing of faith. Romans 10 verse 4, For Christ is the end of the law to all that believe it. There's no boasting, folks. There's no, there's no, there's no pride. For circumcision verily profited. If thou keep the law, but if thou be a breaker of the law, that circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the right if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for, for circumcision? Is challenging them that if they're keeping what the law is saying. Now on that basis, should they not be counted as what? Are circumcised because the law says they should keep the law, and those who are not circumcised are keeping the law. So he's challenging them on the basis of 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 of, of works based righteousness. <coughs> For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So he said here, true circumcision is what happens where? In the heart. And it's only God that can circumcise men where? In the heart. By who? By Christ. For I will give you a new heart, and I will renew in you the right spirit. I will take from you the heart of stone and put in the heart of what? Flesh. And in those days, I will write my laws in your heart. Not the laws of, 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 of tablet, but now of the laws of the heart. And it's only Christ that writes his laws in the heart of his redeemed. So Paul here is addressing the Jews. So there's, there's a there's a there's a there's a, a, a working relationship between the, the the Christian church and the Jewish nation at the end of time. There's a link, and God wants the Gentiles to know. As we end tonight, verse chapter three, verse one now says, "What advantage now? How do you say all this?" Is it that the Jews are useless? He now says, no. 
In other John to explain to the Gentiles because now the Gentiles are now are now happy. Danto, nto, now Paul has said to us by the Lord, and there's, there's no you, you have no right to hold any any authority over us anymore. Paul says no now. Don't now go that far. Now is it that the the the, 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 the Jews have no place with God? He says no. They advantage, but he now begins to explain it. So the Jews have an advantage, or rather, Jews have a place. They have a place in the kingdom. And the Gentiles must know that and, and, and pray for them and thank God for them and, and, and hold the Jews who have believed in God as believers also as brethren. But for us in our own place, how is it relevant to us without any Jews around us? But we must not discriminate. We must not see maybe somebody who has committed so much sin and is born again. We say, I oh, know without his salvation, this man has been so sinful. He can't, I'm not sure that the blood of Jesus can, can, can cleanse. This sin is too much. He can't finish it. He that no, no, no. That, that, let him watch him more. He can't be that, that somebody that has once has done evil, evil sin in his blood. You know how things know? The vilest offender who truly believes that moment, that instant, a pardon he receives. We mustn't walk in suspicion of, of someone who is born again. Let's trust God that His blood, His grace is able to save. What happens said that we are not quite to watch out for the word, for the fruit of what? Of repentance. But let's trust God to be able to save anyone. The Jews were suspicious of the Gentiles. And the Gentiles were suspicious of the Jews. And were living in that atmosphere in the church. And God says, no. The Jews, yeah, they held the law. But when they come to Christ by faith, they are saved. So the Gentiles also, who, who handled the law, when they put their faith in Christ, they were saved. But now, where is the, is the ground of, of merging? The ground of merging is the blood, is the cross. God can save. In the sense that we are afraid of people who, who are drug addicts, who are, who, are, who are hardened criminals. When they get saved, sometimes people don't really receive them fully. They say, ah, we can't tell if it is true. So we give a long line. Like the Jews were doing to the Gentiles. God says, no. Don't call what I've made clean unclean. I'm the God that sanctifies. I'm the God that justifies. So Paul will say here, what then advantage does the Jew have? This means in the, in the discussion of the church, there's a part of the Jews. So if you permit me, there's going to be a teaching called Israelology. Amen tonight. The teaching of Israel. Paul said that God has made the twin one by the blood. He has broken down that partition. So the same blood that saved also saved the believing Jews. 
So don't let be afraid of anyone who is born again. Don't let look at people's past to judge their present and judge their future in the church. Don't let segregate. Don't 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 ever say, um, uh, a fulani cannot be truly saved. Ah, let's be watching them all. Or if a tribe, or if 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 a tribe, they are not very sincere. No, 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 no. Let that not be with us. You know, there's this belief, you know, of of the Yorubas. Or you know, they say the Igbos are uh, somehow the Igbos says the Yorubas are betrayers. They say it's they, somehow it's in their heart somehow. No, for us we can't believe that. Some say the house of ah, don't trust them. Some say the Igbos ah, so. I, I know that exists in our world. That's just how it happened between the Jews and the Gentiles. But for us in Christ, we are one. We are one. Don't believe the Igbos are betrayers. Don't believe the Yorubas are betrayers. Don't believe the, the, the houses are independent. Once we are in Christ, we are in Christ. We have one God, one baptism, one faith, one Father above us all. Who is for us all? Amen. In Christ Jesus. I thought tonight. So if God says, marry an evil person, those are thinking, Pastor, should I marry evils? No, 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 we are one in Christ. Praise God tonight. I don't know if I'm seeing somebody that's thinking about man evil and Yoruba or Hausa. Please go ahead. <laughs> Even tonight, as long as we are in Christ Jesus, we are one. No suggestion. Don't give a job to Yoruba. Evil is not competent. And there's somebody who is not trying, who is competent. No, don't do that in Christ Jesus. In fact, in fact, in fact, don't even do it even if you're not born again. Don't give a job to someone who's born again and 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 still competent. And there's somebody who's not born again and is competent. You just you just you just wound yourself. But much more in Christ. So why is laughing? Who's laughing there? Brother Manuel, why are you laughing? Are you are you you already married? I married you, but you know, you know, you know, you know, let's let's understand this. This is a problem they had in the church in Rome. There was this dichotomy. And as a fact, sometimes they sit apart. The Jews sit in one area, and yet they won't judge. There's segregation. There's, there's strife. There's fighting. Because of primordial sentiments. He says, he says, you exalt your tradition more than the word of God. Like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the essence and all of them. God says, in Christ, just like down, there's no, there's, there's neither male, nor female, nor Jew, nor Gentile, nor Hausa, nor Igbo, nor Yoruba, nor, nor Asian, nor Chinese. In fact, I love, Ch- I don't know, I don't like Chinese. I love people of other tribes. I feel joy when I see Chinese singing a hymn. How do you feel joy? I feel joy when I see Indians. I, I see Lebanese. I see pa- 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 Pakistanis. I see, I see pa- Bangladeshis. I see, I see Qataris, Filipinos. Singing and, and, and worshiping God. I feel joy. Though I don't know them, but I know we are one in the faith. So let there be no separation in church. No parapoy in church. No evil group. No Yoruba group. No household group. No, 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 no. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen tonight. And I believe this is what Paul is saying. And I want us to invite this and apply these things in our lives and in the church of God. So that we can be one doing the service and the work of the Lord. 
by Thursday, we'll continue this. I believe you bless this evening. Um, then we'll go to Proverbs on and, and see how this has gone, see how this church um, operated, and, and what Paul will write them to explain things to them so that we can um, 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 make progress. So as we go on, please start and mass in church. Let's be one. Let's be <coughs> united. Let's see ourselves as one in Christ. That, 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 that wall of separation, that idea of, of, of difference is being dissolved by the blood of Jesus. We are one in Christ. There's no Jew, there's no Gentile, there's no barbarian, there's no skin, there's no there's no there's no male, there's no female, there's no there's no slave, there's no bond, there's no you know you know you know there's no there, there's no class in church anymore. Praise God, we are all one now in Christ. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight. We love this word. Lord, let this word bind us together. Lord, I will thank you because you are helping us see the place of, of, of the Jews in your plan. In your end time plan. Lord, as we learn of this, Lord, our understanding of the Jews begins to change. Our understanding of Israel begins to change. In the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you because, Lord, this is, is stamped in our hearts. And we know, Lord, that none of us is saved. And no one can be saved by, by, by good deeds. But we are saved by faith, through grace, in Christ. Lord, I pray, O oh God, that you will equip us with this word of salvation that we'll be equipped to preach, we'll be apt to teach, that men might see the light of the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray, O oh God, that every spirit of darkness that blinds men not to see we come against them in the name of Jesus. We declare the light of God will come. As we preach, light comes. Lord, everyone we encounter with the gospel, we declare the light of God shines through them. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for your joy in our hearts. We rejoice over at your word. We give you praise to God tonight. Thank you for this evening. Lord, every home, every heart this world gets into, Lord, it will bless them. It will bless your church. I declare grace and peace in every home. Life and grace, O oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God, as we go to rest tonight. Thank you because you give it your beloved sleep in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for prayer with thanksgiving tonight. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Everybody say with me, amen and amen and amen. Praise God tonight. God bless you. We'll see you again on Thursday by the grace of God. Jesus' name, good night, folks. God bless you. Amen.